There, do you have any idea what you're listening to? London Philharmonic? It's Venus. Huh? Venus. signals off the moon's surface. There's no reason that Venus shouldn't radiate impulses. I don't mean the static. Can't you hear it? The other thing? What other thing? Listen to it, Paul. Listen to the voice. Hello and listen to me. Uh, welcome to Media Geek. This is your weekly look at the world of grassroots and independent media, as well as a critical examination of our media environment. My name is Paul Reeswindell, and I'm your host. On today's program, a new online approach to local community-based journalism. We're talking about the Chi-Town Daily News here in Chicago, and with me in the studio is Jeff Doherty to talk more about it. You do want to stay tuned. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me here in the WNUR studios. Great to be here. To start, why don't if you could tell me um, more about Chi Town Daily News and tell us, you know, what it's about and uh, how long it's been around. Yeah, we're an online only uh, nonprofit local news organization that's focused on covering Chicago. We've been around since uh, late 2005, and we we basically get news from a couple different places. We have a small crew of uh, traditional full-time uh, staff writers who go out and cover stuff like the Housing Authority and uh, the Board of Education and so on and so forth. We have some freelancers, and then we have uh, this network of volunteer neighborhood journalists. We train them and then assign them to work with a, an experienced editor to cover their neighborhoods. And we've got about 100 of them all over Chicago. A hundred? A hundred. So, using volunteers, what's the motivation behind that? Well, there's a couple things. Um, we think that folks who actually live in the neighborhoods um, have a better knowledge of what's going on near them than maybe somebody who's um, working in a newsroom downtown and, and never getting out much. So we're really hoping to leverage this intensely local knowledge that people have um, and, and to get that, that knowledge out to their neighbors and to people all over the city. Um, it's also a way of, of kind of radically transforming the relationship between the news organization and the community that it serves. So a lot of news organizations, you know, they just have a couple hundred folks who are reporters and they draw salary and uh, so on and so forth. And, and, and that's kind of the end of it. It's basically a one-way conduit. You know, they, they report stuff and they chuck the paper on your door in the morning and that's pretty much it. Um, what we're doing is actually involving a large number of citizens uh, in public affairs and in, in journalism and in their communities, which is really exciting. So you've got volunteers working with paid journalists. Yes. Okay. Um, and so the, what do the volunteers get from doing journalism with your, with your site? Well, it's a couple of things. Um, they get training. Um, they, they learn how to write a news story. They learn how to go and report something. They learn how to go and do a question and answer session with, with their alderman or with another public official. Um, they learn about writing and they learn kind of what the whole process is like and, and what some of the challenges and difficulties that, uh, that reporters face are by kind of firsthand experience. And then for the 
paid journalists, for the professional journalists, what what's their reason for doing something like this? Well, I mean, one, it's a job. I mean, you know, there's uh, uh, a lot going on in our industry today that makes it really concerning as to who's going to have a job tomorrow or next week. So, um, you know, we pay a salary that's uh, not super high, but is competitive with with some other small news organizations. We give health benefits. Um, The folks that are working for us get the opportunity to work with um, some editors that that are really incredibly experienced and well versed in their trade. Um, all the folks that we have that are running our news coverage have, um, you know, well over a dozen years of experience at some of the the top papers in the country. So, it's it's a teaching environment for for our staff writers as well. Now, Chicago is in an interesting situation, as as you know, in that uh, we have both of the major newspapers are in bankruptcy. <laughs> yes. As of this week, uh, the Sun-Times News Group and uh, the Tribune Company, uh, owner of the Chicago Tribune, and even the Alternative Weekly, owned by Creative Loafing Incorporated, is in bankruptcy proceedings. Right. Yet, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of mainstream journalism. I mean, we have television, we have uh, public radio, we have the, the newspapers still. What is the reason to have a Chi-Town Daily News when ostensibly we, we've had, a, you know, what a lot of people think is a, is a pretty well-saturated news market. Well, I think the real question is not, um, do we have enough organizations out there that are producing a product? It's really the quality of that product and the sustainability of that product. I mean, it's pretty clear that by the end of this year, Chicago is going to be a one newspaper town. I, I don't I don't know anybody who really argue strongly otherwise. So so there's that. Um, and then I think there's some real questions about how well um, the existing news organizations are, are actually, in fact, covering their communities. So um, we're trying to kind of uh, beef up and reinvigorate local news coverage. Well, in what ways are perhaps the, the existing mainstream news outlets not, not doing a good job? Where, where, where are they lacking in coverage? Well, it's it's really on the local uh, on the local front. I think that it's most visible. Um, for example, when our um, reporter who covers the Chicago Housing Authority goes to the Housing Authority board meeting every month, she's typically the only reporter there. Mm-hmm. Um, five ten years ago, you might have seen a reporter from the Trib, a reporter from the Sun Times, maybe even a TV reporter if they thought there was going to be some particularly good video, um, and and a reporter from uh, the City News Service, which was a, a local wire service that's now defunct. But that's just not the case anymore. And in fact, that's not the case across a a wide variety of kind of really important uh, public topics. I mean, there's nobody that covers um, the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, which is uh, currently engaged in the largest public works project in American history. They're spending billions and billions of taxpayer uh, taxpayer money. Um, And our reporter is is the, the only reporter that's actually covering them. Do you, do you have volunteer reporters on this on, on for, these topics? For some of the the broader kind of uh, citywide agencies, uh, we typically do not staff uh, those beats with volunteers. It's real tough um, for a couple of reasons to get a volunteer to cover something like the Chicago Housing Authority. The meetings are during the day. Um, they typically last for several hours. Uh, some of the agencies that we deal with are... Um, 
really, really difficult to deal with. Um, uh, they're frankly totally uncooperative. Um, so to to send a rookie reporter out there uh, to cover um, something like the remaking of public housing in Chicago um, with a limited amount of experience and it, it, it's 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 really tough. Mm-hmm. And why is Chitown Daily News covering these issues if it seems like the journalistic uh, evaluation and decision-making of these other news outlets is that it isn't worth uh, dedicating much time or effort. Well, I mean, I think there's um, there's an assumption there um, that's that's kind of problematic, um, and, and that is this, that the way news organizations have been run for quite a while um, in, in general is that they're owned by publicly traded companies. Um, they get most of their money from advertising, um, but they've always sort of said that our, our real mission is to inform people. But the fact is, is that when you have this kind of divorce between uh, the money and the mission, that there's always, always a temptation to cut back on the mission to make more money. Particularly when you're publicly traded and you have Wall Street analysts that are saying, you know, we're expecting you to make uh, 23 cents a share this quarter. You know, what are you going to do, Mr. CEO, to make that happen? Um, and by the way, if you don't do it, your stock price and your options are going to, you know, go into the toilet. Um, so I think I think there's always been this this kind of problem, and it's gotten it's gotten more obvious as as the finances have gotten trickier for news organizations. Um, so when they've cut back on these things, I don't think that it's necessarily been because they've decided that it's not in the public interest. It's been because they've decided that it's not in their financial interest. And how is it in the Chi Town Daily News's financial interest then? Well, uh, you know, we raise money to do good news coverage, um, comprehensive, uh, vital local news coverage. So, um, to the extent that we are able to um, to do that, um, I think that we galvanize more support for what we do. And, and you're nonprofit. We are. So, is that? At- is that because it's a model which works for you, or is it because the business of news is at this point in crisis? Or, you know, is it a general, is this something you could say generally, or is this a much more um, particular response? I we decided to do this for for a couple reasons. Um, one is that um, I had the the privilege and the opportunity to spend several years of my career working as a reporter at the St. Petersburg Times in Florida, which is generally regarded as one of the best regional newspapers in the country. Uh, it's owned by the Pointer Institute, which is nonprofit, and um, I have to say that the relationship between the news organization. And the community that it served um, in St. Pete was just wildly different from anything that I had experienced before. Um, I would uh, I, I was covering cops and courts and things like that, and so I would I would call somebody up and I would say, "Hey, um, we're working on a, a story about um, your son, the serial killer, and um, he's being sentenced today, and you know we just wanted some comments about about how's that going for you." Um, and the person would say, "You know, I, I love." that St. Petersburg Times, you guys are fantastic. Um, you guys are the best newspaper. We read you every day. We find it so valuable. Uh, when we go summer in Canada, we have it, um, you know, taken by carrier pigeon across the international boundary, and we read you in Canada also. I mean, it was just this 
this this news organization this news organization was cherished by the community, um, and that was an experience that I had never had before. And and I thought that it was um, a real sign that that the business model has a direct impact on the community. Um, and so when we launched ChiTownDailyNews.org, we really wanted to um, explore that model for that reason. Um, I think it's also important to note that, you know, nonprofits don't pay taxes and we don't have to kick out um, 20, 25% of our revenue every year to investors. So when you do things the way that we're doing them, there's a lot more money to actually put towards news coverage. And I thought that was important as well. There's so many things to to, to try and cover here. Um, But I think something that I find really interesting is your... Your citizen news model, essentially, is what some people might call it. Right. You know, that, that you are working with volunteers and you're working with, with journalism professionals. And what sparked that? I mean, what, 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 I mean you, you've mentioned that you think that, that a lot of the volunteers often have a better sense of what's going on on the ground in their community. Um, is, is there anything more to that? I mean, because it, it is something which I think has often been a debate in journalism between amateurs and professionals and needing that, that you know, needing the, the professional objectivity which which a trained professional from journalism school has and often dismissing, you know, citizens or amateur journalism. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly been something that, that's been a kind of a, a big um, topic of conversation in, in, in our profession. Um, for us, uh, there, were, there were a couple of things that played into the decision to uh, kind of open up our newsroom, if you will. Um, one is that Chicago has, um, by uh, at least one count, 77 neighborhoods, um, by some other counts, a lot more neighborhoods than that. Um, many of them are really not covered very well, if at all, by um, by mainstream media. And so we were looking for a way to actually cover those neighborhoods. I mean, um, advertising revenue in, in the newspaper business has gone to the suburbs. And so that's where a lot of the reporters have gone. And so if you live in an economically disadvantaged neighborhood on Chicago's south side, chances are the only time that you've seen a reporter any time in the last 20 years was when somebody got shot on your block. And, and we don't think that that's uh, appropriate. I mean, we don't think that's in the public interest. Uh, we think that it's really important that people who live in neighborhoods all over Chicago get to know what's happening in other neighborhoods, um, neighborhoods that are like theirs and neighborhoods that aren't so much like theirs. And um, we could, theoretically speaking, pay a full-time reporter to be in each of those neighborhoods. Um, but economically, that's not a great model. Um I don't know that we need somebody 40 hours a week in each of those neighborhoods. Um, and, and I think that um, in some cases, you know, if we had somebody who was sort of a journeyman reporter who'd been at it for quite a while, they wouldn't be super interested in going to the local school committee meetings in some of these neighborhoods. That's not what a lot of people think of as big time journalism. So it's uh, it's kind of a downer for them, honestly. Um, so we thought, well, okay, let's let's come at this a different way. Um, and the other thing too was, I mean, journalism has been um, for a, a variety of reasons um, a career option that largely attracts. Uh, certain demographic uh, groups. I mean, if you walk into the newsroom at the Chicago Tribune, you are going to see a lot of white males. Uh, there's no getting around that. 
And we thought that this would be um, a, a pretty neat way to um, involve folks in covering the news in a way that we would ultimately end up with a news organization that looks like the city that it serves. And so far, that's been pretty true for us. How have you been able to um, recruit people in then, your volunteers? The recruiting is um, kind of, to our surprise, the really, really easy part about hmm. this. Uh, it's just not a problem at all. Um, you tell people that you're going to give them free journalism training and then let them do a lot of really cool stuff and you're going to help them do it. Uh, and, you know, we, we don't have a problem getting them in the door. Hmm. Um, the challenge has been um, to make sure that the people that we do get in the door stick with it. Um, that's, that's, I think the difficult part and to make sure that we can, we can really work with them, uh, to, to kind of help them meet some of the challenges of being, of being a journalist. It's not easy work. No, no. And, and especially when maybe you're also have a day job and, and kids in school yeah, and daycare. It's exceptionally challenging, but also really rewarding. I think. Mm-hmm. Were there any other models you look to for inspiration, any other organizations or similar attempts which you had to go on in coming up with the idea for Chi-Town Daily News? Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a lot of news organizations out there, um, if you look around carefully, that are not quite as clearly defined in terms of who's on the team and who's not on the team as, say, um, you know, a Chicago Tribune, a New York Times, a Miami Herald, what have you. Um, I think, um, you know, uh, college radio and college newspapers are one of them, uh, public radio. Uh, in some um, kind of smaller markets, um, public radio is largely a volunteer sport, and, and I think that's fantastic. Um, and, and so we, we obviously looked at that and, and thought, well, that's that's a pretty interesting way to do things. And are you are you sort of aware of other? Um, I mean, do you, do you look to the tradition of perhaps the alternative press, which is often broken down that barrier between amateur and professional? Or I don't know if you're aware at all of the indie media movement in the yeah. in the last decade or so. I mean, did those inform you know both positively and negatively, or or you know influence or, or showed you a model not to follow? Yeah, I, I mean, all that stuff I think was was really really interesting to look at, and in fact, um, our community organizer um, who's responsible for recruiting and and managing uh, the volunteers um, actually worked at one of the indie media sites uh, for quite a while. So um, it's definitely a model we are aware of. I mean, I think where where things go a little bit in a different direction for us is that um, everything that we do meets traditional journalism standards for for objectivity for accuracy for verification um, and and um, I don't think that maybe that's as much of a priority for for some of the other organizations that, that we're talking about. Um, and it's also been the really neat thing from my point of view. I mean, you know, I've been a journalist for 17 years now. I've worked at uh, the Chicago Tribune. I've worked at the Miami Herald. I've worked at the St. Pete Times and then a bunch of, you know, worse newspapers. Um, and... and I didn't get into this to lower the bar on the journalism. I got into this to uh, help people, um, you know, learn how to do really good journalism. Um, and so that, that's that been, I think, the, the really, um, granted, challenging, but also fascinating and rewarding part about this. So the folks who've joined on as volunteers, um, what do you find is their range of motivation? Um, 
do some come in with a particular axe to grind or do they come in with a particular beat in mind that they'd like like to have the the axe to grind thing is is i think what what most concerns people um when when we talk about how we do this uh when they're coming at it with sort of a traditional journalism mindset and it's really not a problem. I mean, and I have to say, I mean, it was something that, that concerned me a little bit, too, when we first launched on this. And I was like, well, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but it's really not a problem. I mean, what happens is we take an application from everybody who wants to work with us and we get a bunch of information from them that helps us to work with them better. And some of that information involves what else they're up to in their community. So not only do we know that, oh, you know, they um, did some videography for indie media. We also know that, you know, they're a deacon in the church and um, they've been really uh, active as a um, precinct captain for their, their alderman's campaign fund. And, and so um, that gives us a way to kind of spot these inevitable conflicts of interest. And we don't look at them as a bad thing. I mean, we we expect that the people that are involved with our organization are people who are involved. They're, they're, they, they're joiners. They get involved. Um, and so we, we expect that they're going to be doing a lot of other stuff and that some of it at some point is going gonna, is gonna to conflict with the journalism that they do. And so the key in our minds is to know what they're up to and be able to sit with them and say, Okay, um, you want to do the story about your alderman. Um, you want to sit down and do a Q&A on development issues in your neighborhood, but you're also um, on the Neighborhood Preservation Committee, so maybe you're not the person to be asking the questions about, you know, why are they knocking down historic buildings? But it's a really interesting idea that you've brought up to do that Q&A. We're going to have your neighbor here do it, and, you know, uh, your neighbor's got a really interesting story that we're going to have you do. And things tend to work out pretty well that way. So there's some real collaborative um opportunities then and it's the and it's those passionate ears on the ground so to speak and eyes on the ground which are helping to bring in stories that might not otherwise bubble up into a lot of mainstream news organizations yeah I think that's that's one of the the real advantages of doing things the way that that, that we're doing them is that you do get to access this tremendous body of knowledge um, that is generally excluded from from newsrooms. And do the volunteers now or will they have an opportunity to sort of graduate up and and become full-time journalists? That's actually already happening. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's really neat to watch. I mean, um, we have a guy, uh, Alex Parker, who covers public health for us. Uh, he's a full-time reporter. Uh, we got a grant recently from, from the Knight Foundation, um, which is a big journalism funder, uh, to hire a couple of full-time reporters. And... Um, you know, we hired Alex, um, and the reason that we did was because Alex had been a volunteer for us a couple years earlier, and we thought he was really talented. And he had then uh, gone to journalism uh, school at the University of Kansas. He went to get his master's degree, and he then got a job at the Lawrence Journal World, which is a pretty well-regarded um, kind of smaller daily paper, um, obviously in Lawrence, Kansas. He was working with them, um, and he wanted to get back to Chicago. And um, we'd been talking with him kind of throughout um, about how his career was going. And so um, when we had money to hire, um, we brought him on. And and it's it's really cool to see somebody who kind of first came in the door as somebody who was exploring a journalism career with our organization uh, as a volunteer. Uh, and he's now somebody who's got a journalism career with our, with our organization as a full-time reporter. Would you take somebody who didn't get the degree? 
Oh yeah, I um you know the the masters in journalism to to my point of view has never been something that we would Hire or not hire on. I'm sure the folks at Northwestern will be delighted to hear that. But um, that for me, that's kind of the way the way it is. Uh, would even someone who maybe only had a, had a GED or high school degree. I think it would really depend how good they were as a mm-hmm. reporter. I okay. mean, there's there's legendary reporters who have um, you know barely graduated from grammar school. So. Right. It was considered kind of a working class prof- uh, profession back in the uh, earlier part of the 20th century. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. And and um, I don't know that we need to go all the way back that way. I mean, I do think that, that going to college, the folks at Northwestern will be delighted to hear me say <laughs> that going to college is actually, frankly, kind of worthwhile. Um but I, I don't know that we would exclude somebody from uh, from hiring if they were really talented and they hadn't gone to college. Or perhaps it's something which they could, you know, be inspired to do as a result of volunteering, you know, even if even, you know, not necessarily having to go to uh, one of the top ranked journalism schools, but even, you know, getting a good BA at uh, at a city college. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you, you know, but I think I mean the, the take home is is that this this is a, clearly you can do journalism without a college degree, mm-hmm. um, and we're happy to to help people um, accomplish their goal of doing journalism, kind of whatever their educational background might be. And we're and I guess the, the big nine hundred pound gorilla in the room has been the fact that, um, and I know you've answered this question a million times. <laughs> But you know the fact that you're not online, right? Right, and 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 uh, you've worked for newspapers. You worked for the the dinosaurs there in print, right. um, and and obviously you know online was a choice you specifically made. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't seem Indeed. to be a bad choice. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Uh, and, and I guess my question isn't so much you know I I, I personally am am kind of. S- tired of the pitting of the online versus the newspapers. I'm tired of the blogs versus uh, versus you know print or versus television. Um, I guess what I'm more interested in is uh, talking about you mean the advantages and disadvantages of being online, especially when it comes to um, serving the communities that are are less fortunate. Yeah. Uh, this is a really troublesome part of what we do. I mean, to be to be perfectly frank about it, um, there's no way around the fact that we are, uh, or at least no way right now, around the fact that we are an online news organization. And there are a lot of people um, who are certainly affected by and probably would be interested in um, the stories that we produce who don't have access to the Internet. Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's certainly a kind of an open question there of, well, what do we do about that? Um, ultimately I think in, in hope that what happens is, is there's much more kind of open, uh, widespread access to the internet. Um, you know, there's a possibility that, that at some point we will be, um, in a position to do some sort of limited print, um, edition, um, 
but I, I, I don't know that that's necessarily the best idea in the world for us. I mean, you look at everybody who's in print, and uh, they they seem to have some challenges. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, magazines and books, not just just not just newspapers. Sure. So, um, but but it is. I mean, you know, we cover the Chicago Housing Authority. We're one of the the only newspaper or news organizations in Chicago that does. Um, and there are a lot of people who live in in CHA projects who cannot read what we're finding out about the folks that essentially run their apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's to the point where our uh, housing reporter, Megan Cottrell, actually prints out a selection of stories that she does every month and mails them to people mm-hmm. um, in in Chicago housing projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is uh, probably not the uh, most efficient high-tech way to go about that process, but um, it is what it is right now. Well, it sounds to me like an interesting avenue because it's sort of getting back to that engaging with the communities you're serving. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something that's just super old school about it, which mm-hmm. I find to be fascinating. I mean, it's like, you know, we're going to print a bunch of stuff out and put it in an envelope and lick a stamp and mail it to you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, and, and there's also, I mean, I guess there's the ability to have to work with your volunteers and your and your and your um, paid journalists to, you know, work with community groups in that way, I guess, to to help spread information. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that we're doing with, uh, you know, mailing stuff to people who live in CHA developments is we're mailing the stuff to the people who know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so they can they can kind of hand it out and, and, and help people find out. Jeff Doherty, thank you so much. The website, ChitownDailyNews.org. And that you can look to for uh, daily updates, news all about Hourly. Chicago. <laughs> Hourly updates, right, because you're online. That's right. That's right. No stopping the presses. Just click save. That's it. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Media Geek. Great being here. And that brings to a close another edition. I'll be back in one week with more news and views on our media environment. In the meantime, go to MediaGeek.net, home to the Media Geek blog. The whole shebang is there. Radio.MediaGeek.net is where the radio show lives. You can download the show in MP3. You can listen to your browser or subscribe to the podcast. Have any comments about the program? I do want to hear it. I really do. Send me email, paul at MediaGeek.net. And if you are a tweeter, if you like to Twitter, go to Twitter.com slash MediaGeek. Um, a lot of updates that don't quite ever make enough for a blog post, but enough for 140 characters. Twitter.com slash Media Geek. Thanks so much for tuning in. 